0: Welcome to Inside the Tunnel, presented by VT Scoop on 247sports.com. Get out of here and
1: get something cold (laughs) to drink.
0: Y'all want to too, you know it. All right, let it rip. Let it rip. Let's go. Before we get started, Matei from the future here. If you haven't listened to part one yet where we discuss Liberty, I urge you all to do so. Now, before you listen to this one, this will be the latest podcast in your feed at the time of hearing this. All I have to say is the transition is a little tricky just because we went on for a very long time. So just understand at the end of the Liberty podcast, we were talking about the optics of Justin Fuente and how it might change if the Virginia Tech Hokies can get a positive result against Miami.
1: Or maybe next week
0: (laughs) or uh, honestly, or next week, you know, there's, there's just so much uncertainty. The only certainty is that Virginia tech will play against number nine Miami. Wow. What a segue. What a transition. (laughs) Miami is coming off a big win over NC state uh, where they came back from behind at the very end of that game. And, you know, things are going to be more difficult for Virginia tech's defense Obviously in do-or-die mode with the ACC championship format this year with the top two teams from the entire conference getting a bit into that game. But, uh, you know, Miami, they have De'Eric King. And you think about the last few weeks, you think about Malik Cunningham having a career-high passing game and scrambling around the defense. And I know Virginia Tech won that game. But, you know, Virginia Tech did have to sweat it out quite a bit uh, then you have Malik Willis last week and, you know, I, I, think anyone would tell you he was the best player on the field, regardless of position. Uh, and then this week you perhaps have the best quarterback of those three in Derek King, who has nearly 2000 yards passing 16 touchdowns, five rushing touchdowns. So he's having a tremendous season for the Canes.
1: Yeah, I guess his the only good thing is his name's not Malik, um, so there's not three in a three in a row there, but uh, he is the the last thing that Virginia Tech wants to face right now. One of you know he's one of the best two or three quarterbacks in the ACC, depending on how you feel about Trevor Lawrence. Well, Trevor Lawrence is the number one, but depending on how you feel about Sam Howell, um, coming off the best game of his career or best game of his Miami season. Um, you know they 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 brought in a new offensive coordinator along with them, so it took them a little while to get going. So if you're looking at if you're if you're looking for a team hitting its stride, that's a scary sight to be coming into Blacksburg after that performance last week. I think he had 400 yards passing, 100 yards rushing against NC State. That was he's the he's the first quarterback to do that in the FBS since he did it himself in 2018.
0: Love it. <laughs> so,
1: so he's the, um, you know, he's probably the best quarterback for Gene Tex or the most dynamic quarterback for Gene faced yet. and um, The complete opposite of what they are good against. You know, this is a defense that is not good against balanced offenses and balanced quarterbacks. And he can throw the ball and run the ball. And I think that's a very unnerving sign heading into this heading into this week.
0: And then they, you know, Miami still has a bunch of playmakers around him. Cameron Harris, 81 carries, 408 yards rushing for an average of five yards and five touchdowns. Uh, Maybe he'll get a boost to that yards per carry against the Virginia Tech defense. But um, and then you look at Mike Harley and Mark Pope. Uh, Two wide receivers that have been having really big games, uh, especially Harley in his last two games. I think, uh, you know, against UVA, he had one hundred and seventy yards. And then last week against NC State, he had one hundred and fifty three yards and he's capable of just bringing a big play out of nowhere Uh, to make matters worse. uh, Miami has been without Brevin Jordan uh, and he's expected to return to the fold. And he's one of the top tight ends in the ACC this is as, this
1: is as North Carolina of an offense as you can get. Except King can also run the ball. Um, Harris is a good running back. They have two backup running backs. Some blank ones: Cheney and ones Knighton. I think. And I think they're both freshmen, and they don't look like freshmen at all. They look like you know they look like Travis Etienne, um, and they're both really really good. So you know they have got a three headed attack a tailback adding king on the ground harley pope um wiggins i think is the other wide receiver's name who is a burner um and then if they get brevin jordan back you know he's probably the number two tight end in the country behind kyle pitts at florida so you know they scored 44 points against nc state last week without brevin jordan um It's just not a good matchup. There's no other way to put it against this Virginia Tech defense that, you know, if Virginia Tech, like we've talked about, Virginia Tech doesn't get off to a good start, it's going to be a long day.
0: And especially looking at Miami, I will say when you look at De'Ara King, uh, he's not as fast of an athlete as Malik Willis or Malik Cunningham. Um, But he's a much better thrower and, you know, watching his most recent games, he's really been uh, putting the ball downfield with tremendous accuracy and, you know, throwing back shoulder fades and really has good timing for a guy that's a first year quarterback with the program. So I think as time has gone on and he's become more comfortable within that offense, he's doing a great job just as he's done his entire career at Houston. So, um, you know, he's more of a guy that's going to expose you through the air. In my opinion, he is one of, I think in the top five of all quarterbacks in terms of scramble yards. Uh, so when a play breaks down, he doesn't see a route open to him or a read he wants to uh, commit to. He is still just as good at, uh, tucking the football. I don't think he's as fast as those other two quarterbacks we've mentioned, but you know, still very effective as a runner. and then uh, when you're looking at the Miami offense in general, it's with any Miami offense. I mean, they're they're literally littered with five and four star recruits. And I think what makes this a very scary game is knowing how Virginia Tech has tackled this year, putting those types of athletes in space. Uh, it could be a scary sight if you know the defense isn't as sure-handed.
1: Yeah, it's a uh, it's the it's the matchup that. You know, it's difficult to chase around Brevin Jordan, three really fast wide receivers, and a couple running backs, and still keep your eye on a running quarterback and and, and shut him down. Um, you know, that, you know UVA did it, but that was in a torrential downpour. Clemson did it, but that's Clemson. Um, Pittsburgh limited them a little bit, but we've talked about how good their defense is. Um, and Virginia Tech's defense is not good. So it's it's gonna be a tough matchup and they'll attack Virginia Tech multiple ways. The defense of the corners the corners are gonna be put on an island and if they give them a one on one opportunity, it's you know, it's good it's gonna require them to make plays down the field on deep balls, Dorian Strong, Brian Murray. Armani Chapman, those kind of guys getting Jermaine Waller back would be huge, obviously, but they've got a couple other guys that they can, they can pick on. So, you know, it's not a, it, it it feels like one of those games where Virginia Tech's going to have to, you know, hang in there and try and create a turnover too. They haven't been able to do that in losses this year. Um, they haven't been able to get off the field at key moments and they haven't been able to create enough turnovers in, in those losses. So, um, You know, we'll see. But on paper, it doesn't look good.
0: I was actually going to point that out with Breon Murray and Dorian Strong. You're looking at Jermaine Waller and he's kind of solidified himself, even though he's still working back uh, into the mix. Uh, You feel comfortable with him against these types of players just because of his experience. But Breon Murray is really a guy that when he did show up, it was more in the nickel spot than being an outside corner. And then Dorian strong has made some good plays. Um, but you're seeing some of the coaches pick on him quite a bit in coverage. So that's one particular matchup that I'm worried about, but one other matchup I want to bring or ask you a question about, um, do you remember last year how Miami's offensive line got quite the, uh, got quite the buzz for not being able to protect the quarterback do you think there will be opportunities for virginia tech's defensive line that seems to always break contain but they're going to pressure the quarterback do you think they'll have opportunities there
1: yes so their offensive line is is better than they were last year um you know i think they allowed 51 sacks all last year which is just feels like I didn't check it, but it feels like an insanely high number of sacks to give up in one year. I think they're at like 17 this year, and most of them are against Clemson and Pittsburgh, who, as we discussed, is, are the two of the top defenses in the league. Um, you know, I think they'll have opportunities, but I, you know, I'm worried about King's ability to get outside the pocket and and get outside of that containment, as you mentioned, is 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 going to be a problem. Um, you know, I think. If you can get on, if you can win it, if you can win the battles up front quickly and get in his face quickly, um, you have a chance. He's thrown a couple high this year when, when he's tried to, you know, stand in the pocket, but um, you know, like I said, I, I think, I think he likes, he's going to like his chances in open space against Virginia Tech's defense. So there's no reason for him to, to stay in the pocket if he can get out there and, and put some pressure on Virginia Tech's defense. So, um, you know, I think, you know, Justice Reed might be able to get home a couple of times. Barno, if he continues to play well, might be able to get home a little bit, but I don't think it's going to be like a, they're not going to be able to tee off on him. You know, last year, Zion Nelson was his name. He was the left tackle. Um, He's a year older and much better. They've actually split time at left tackle um, between him and another guy, but the, the other four positions seem, seem fine and, you know, it's enough for them to put up 44 against NC State. So I think, you know, I think I don't think Virginia Tech's going to be able to make enough to, like, dominate the game with the pass rush, which probably is an issue.
0: I think my worry about Virginia Tech's defensive line, you look at. Uh, De'Ara King, and unlike the other quarterbacks that Virginia Tech has seen this year, I think he's listed at 5'11, but he looks more like 5'9, 5'10. And quarterbacks that are shorter, it's harder for receivers to see him when he's in the pocket. So typically, he's getting the ball out fast, uh, getting the ball behind the line of scrimmage on screen patterns, bubble screens, whatever, um, or swing passes, um, or he's running outside the pocket. And I think what worries me is a team like Virginia Tech that breaks contain so many times, allowing a guy to do that is playing to his strength. So, if there's ever a time to keep him within the pocket and kind of force the pocket to collapse and keep him inside of that, it's this week. Um, and I just don't know if we see that happen. But
1: yeah, Rhett, Rhett Lashley, the new offensive coordinator, seems pretty destined to be a Short-term offensive coordinator, just because of how good he is and how quickly he's um, quickly has risen up the coaching ranks to be to be an offensive coordinator at Miami. So it seems, you know, I think if he's as good as advertised, which I think he is, in terms of and you know their offense is as confident as it seems. I think they're going to have they're going to have solutions for what what Virginia Tech can throw at them.
0: Moving on to the defense, few highlight players, Bubba Bolden, USC transfer, former five-star guy, really an impact safety for them. He's been ACC defensive back of the week a couple times. Quincy Roche, we remember him, Uh, had he committed to Virginia Tech, the Temple transfer uh, instead of Miami, maybe we're not talking about Justice Reed coming to Blacksburg. Uh, he was one of the hottest names on the NCAA transfer market, which isn't free agency, by the way. But um, And then there's Jalen Phillips on the defensive line, who uh, honestly, after losing, uh, I forgot what is, what was it? It was like Rousseau for Miami, who opted out?
1: Uh, R- R- Greg R- Rossauer.
0: Yeah, yeah yeah uh i didn't know how to pronounce it but russo ross Ra- whatever he was one of the best defensive ends last year for miami they lose him he hops out jalen phillips comes in oh by the way the former number one overall guy in Sports Composite that was at UCLA and transferred to Miami. He's having a decent season, but you'll definitely notice his presence. He's 6'5", 265 pounds. Um, Al Blades Jr. at cornerback, one of the best cover corners in the ACC. And then Zach McLeod, who voluntarily took a red shirt last year after they had Shaq Quarterman uh, and another linebacker, just so he could see ample time as a red shirt senior. So Uh, Still, you know, a Miami defense that did give up a lot of points against NC State, um, but in four of their other games, you know, allowed less than 20 points against their opponents.
1: Yeah, they're pretty good. Um, They look like a classic Miami defense and, you know, their linebackers look massive and their defensive ends are going to jump off the screen at you and the safeties in particular, Bolden, uh, Amari Carter. And then there's one other that are beasts. But, you know, 41 to NC State. Um, I think Javion Hawkins at Louisville got him for 150-ish. Etienne at Etienne, he gets everybody for over 100. But there was success running the football. I think they're middle. I think they're in the 40s or 50s in terms of rush defense. So there's potential there for Virginia Tech's running game to have success. Clearly Khalil Herbert's health is a big big question mark. James Mitchell and Nick Gallo's health equally big question mark, I think, for what Virginia Tech wants to do. I think you're I think your blocking in the running game takes a quite a hit when you could go from Mitchell and Gallo to Drake DeLuise and Kyle or whoever else it is. So um that's something that you're gonna you're gonna have to watch. But they are they're fast, they're big, they're athletic they're aggressive I think there's opportunities you know last year Virginia Tech had success unveiling kind of the new hidden hooker misdirection passing game offense you know Dalton Keene is still open from that game Um, and I think there's another opportunity I mean I think it's the same kind of thing screens if you can get if you can take advantage of their aggressiveness you're going to have some opportunities to move the ball but you know, Ro- Roche is, he's your classic, like, gonna be an NFL pass rusher, defensive end, outside linebacker type guy. It's big matchup for him, probably with Darasol, I think. And then Phillips on the other end doesn't get off the ball as quickly and get into the backfield as quickly, but he's gonna be all over the field as well. I think that's the strength of their line. You know, I don't, they have a defensive tackle, number one. I don't know his name, but he also looks, you look at him and you're like, how are you a defensive tackle? Um, so they have a lot of talent. I don't know if they've executed as well as they want to this year. And I think there's opportunities to, to kind of use their aggressiveness against them, like, like Virginia Tech did last year.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? really good player in the middle but you're right there are some opportunities it's kind of like what we've seen with Virginia Tech trying to be extremely aggressive on the defensive line sometimes your linebackers get drowned out and running backs get to the second level so you know this is a huge game if Khalil Herbert is available he looked like he could have came back into the game I know they said he was out Uh, that was the report at least on the broadcast but he looked like, you know, any given play, he could have came back into the game. So I'm optimistic he could come back. But hamstrings are are tricky situations, especially for running backs and especially for a guy that is more commonly running for 20 plus yards than five yards to get that burst with the hamstring. But, uh, you know, like you were saying, the tight ends were such a crucial part of the game last year. And if you're on your third and fourth guy, that's a huge deal. So. You know, a lot of things have to happen for Virginia Tech to be successful, at least offensively, when you look at the playmakers on Miami's side.
1: This is going to be a game that really tests where Virginia Tech is mentally with this season and how committed they are, because Miami's going to pop you. Miami's going to hit you really hard, and they're going to do that for four quarters. And you've got to to keep getting up and going back to the huddle and running the next play you know if if they get if they get up early if they have a big swing on turnovers you know they're gonna their physicality is gonna can wear you down and just make you quit if if you're not the right mentally if you don't have the right mindset to to really go to battle with them basically so i think that Given where Virginia Tech is in the season, coming off the Liberty game, that's we're going to find out a lot just based on what kind of challenge they give Virginia Tech physically, and you know their defense flies around and is going to is going to is going to pop you. They're going to take their shots at you, and how much of that are you willing to withstand to, to hang around in the game is going to be huge.
0: Moving on to special teams. And uh, it's going to be a battle. This is one that I look forward to uh, since last year. But Miami, insanely good on special teams. Uh, Borales, their new kicker, 13 for 14 with a long of 57 yards this year. So uh, paging Justin Fuente here, if he lines up for a 59-yarder at the end of the game, he's probably going to kick it. So make sure you have your personnel ready because this guy can actually make it. So you might want to put in the punt or the kick block unit. And then there's Lou Headley, the Australian tatted head to toe. Like you were saying earlier, he's a guy that doesn't allow the opposition's punt returner to get many, if at any opportunities uh, to return his punts all in all very good special teams. I will say they were torched for hundred yards last week by NC State on the kick return. Uh, Bam Knight had a hundred-yard uh, touchdown. So maybe there's some opportunities. Maybe James Scheibist see some, you know, chances for uh, Keyshawn King if he's able to come back to make a big play. But uh, you know, looking at. Their two guys, their kicker, their punter versus Virginia Tech's Oscar Bradburn, who's a good friend of Lou Headley, both Australians, uh, and then Brian Johnson. It's set to be interesting on fourth down, so maybe just don't use the bathroom until halftime. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, they're
1: both, I mean, both both teams have really good specialists. Um, You talked about Lou Headley, Uh, he's allowed four returns this year. Miami I mean Virginia got him for a nineteen yard return, their only return of the day. Pittsburgh got two returns and then Clemson got one return. That's it. Um he does that rugby style. He doesn't go that far right. I guess he's reading something there, but you know, it's basically a, a fair catch every time. Um definitely upgraded their kicker from last year. I think they've missed six or seven field goals this year and the guy they have this year was a transfer from FIU. Who's like a Lou Groza award, probable winner. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a, I think they, I think if you looked at PFFs, like kicker ratings, uh, in the ACC, these are the top two kickers. So, you know, the thing is Virginia tech can't be kicking field goals to win this game. Uh, they've got to confer opportunities into touchdowns. Miami could kick field goals to win the game, I think. But if 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 Brian Johnson is you know <laughs> kicking three or four field goals or something, Virginia Techs not going to be winning this game. So um you know, Bradburn if he can the the field position games obviously huge for Virginia Tech defense that struggles, you can't give them a short field. So um I was on kickoffs they have they they ran this I forget what game it was, but they, the 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 guys up right in the middle are going to have to have their head on a swivel because they
0: I was going to say they'll kick,
1: they'll kick it right at you and hit you in the back as you turn around. So um, they kind of got that creativity that I think James she best would like to also have. So I think you might see some funky things on special teams.
0: Yeah, when you're talking about Barales, I was actually going to bring that up as my next point, but um, it looks like a squib kick, uh, but he did it against NC State last week. He's where aiming. He's actually aiming at the guy that's like turning his head. Um, to look at his own returner. He hit an NC state guy square in the back and they recovered the football. Uh, So it was technically an onside kick, but he's aiming. I mean, normally when you're talking about guys, you know, hitting from 57, you're talking about how strong their legs are, but this is a guy with accuracy too. So head on a swivel the entire game.
1: Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. And (laughs) I, I, You know, I don't think they'll probably do it two weeks in a row now that it's on film from the last week. Tech should be ready for it. Um, But just, you know, if you can't go to the bathroom during until halftime, you also can't go on kick returns. You have to kind of stay glued.
0: (laughs) You can't go at all. So let's let's bring this big picture now. We've discussed a bit of Miami, gave the highlights of their offense and their defense guys to know and some of the things that they're able to do. But last year we were singing kind of the same tune uh, after a loss to Duke and Virginia Tech was going down to Miami. Uh, and I think we all expected Virginia Tech to get blown out. Uh, obviously the hidden trick was bringing Hendon Hooker and putting him in for his first start, replacing Ryan Willis this year, Miami knows Hendon Hooker. Um, So I, I don't know if there's anyone else on the bench uh, that we haven't seen yet that Virginia tech can implement. And all of a sudden, you know, the game favors Virginia tech, but, you know, looking at last year also, they were able to get multiple interceptions and force Miami to use multiple quarterbacks. And it was still a close game at the very end, but, you know, Miami kind of signified that turning point for Virginia tech last season. What does Virginia tech have to do? Who has to be back? Maybe we see a little Raheem Blackshear finally, uh, but what has to happen for Virginia Tech to kind of make Miami this annual? Okay, Virginia Tech is going to be all right.
1: Yeah, uh, Blackshear definitely needs to be a bigger part. You know, I think he's been a little disappointment in terms of. I know he's been a, had a little hamstring issue and all that stuff, um, but if he could get going, that would be huge. I, I don't think it's different than. You know, you mentioned last last year's game the first half of that game was pretty fluky in terms of how many consecutive turnovers, you know, good plays by Waller and Farley. And, but you know, that doesn't happen very often. Um, and then it took an Allen Tisdale pass breakup after the broadcast had ended. (laughs) Oh yeah. I forgot. He puked, um, in the middle of this, Just, just what a game last year. It doesn't get any better than that. Um, but I don't think it's the, the path to success is different for this game this year than any other game. They have to get off to a good start. I kind of wonder if they'll take the ball on the, if they went the coin toss, um, just because they've been deferring and giving teams a seven and nothing lead, basically. Um, so tech's got to get off to a good start and then try and create, try and create a turnover to, to, I think that's what they've done against NC State, against Boston College, against against Louisville, is the good start. And then you combine it with a turnover that kind of gives you that extra possession early. Um, and then you can hold on late. But, you know, it's it's going to take everything as far as Virginia Tech's defense to, to figure it out in the second half. Because especially if Miami gets Brevin Jordan back as expected, I don't think... I don't think tech has anybody that can match up with him. So, you know, it's, it's going to take a perfect first half.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, like I said before, there's always three keys to a Virginia tech victory, getting that early lead, maybe taking the ball first and marching down the field. Hopefully it's Khalil Herbert back in the fold. We'll see. Um, You know, dominating the time of possession kind of goes with the ground game of Virginia Tech this year and then winning the turnover margin. I think anyone will tell you it's going to be you're going to have to make some of that flukiness happen. And, you know, whether or not it's luck, you're making turnovers happen. And I think especially with a guy like Derek King, you know, if you can get Amari Barno, who was batting down multiple passes last week at the line of scrimmage, if he's able to do that and it bounces the other way instead of going Uh, to Yarborough for a first down if it goes to a Virginia Tech defender you know we could be talking about a different game but you know it's going to have to be a controlled approach I think you know what I would like to see is a little less you know hopefully less than 20 carries by Hendon Hooker Uh, I don't want him to get absolutely destroyed by a behemoth of a defensive line that Miami has Um, I'd like to see Raheem Blackshear we've heard so much about him and the funny thing is the coaching staff only praise Khalil Herbert for his blocking abilities and he's one of the best running backs in the country uh we heard so much about him is this the game that maybe they get a few gadget plays for him maybe they make something happen uh maybe a throwback I don't know but I think uh Virginia Tech just they have to, I mean, they've shown. You get turnovers, they can win the game. Uh, and then offense just doing the same old, same old with maybe a bit more diversity from Hendon Hooker.
1: Yeah, you're, you're, you, you're going to have to get somebody not named Hendon Hooker going on the ground, whether Khalil Herbert's available or not, whether it's Raheem Blackshear. Something to take a little bit of pressure off of Hooker and not have him get beat up so much when he runs but also that's going to open you you, hooker is not going to be able to win this game with his arm. If, if Miami knows he's throwing, they're going to, they're going to come after him and and light him up. So you've got to get somebody else going besides hooker on the ground to number one, protect him, but then give, give him a chance to, to get the rest of the offense going.
0: Yeah. Last thing I'll say about Miami, they are ranked number nine. They are a very good football team this year. Um, but this is a team that has played in a lot of close games this year. And you never quite know what the competition level level they will play up or down to, you know, last week was the story of their offense with their defense kind of taking off a week. And the week before was a story of their offense taking off and their defense being the driving force of their victory. So it's going to be interesting. You know, we, you talked about it this entire episode about, consistency being key for Virginia tech this season. And particularly it's going to be uh, important in this game. And it's the same thing for Miami. How do they show up in Blacksburg? So it's going to be really interesting again, last year it was the turning point for Virginia tech and, you know, they pieced together a solid season. So we're going to see if that's the case here, but any final thoughts on Miami Liberty, anything we've discussed today before we wrap this one up.
1: getting ready for basketball season ACC schedule came out today that's all I got
0: yeah the basketball season's coming soon uh we'll have more on that as the time comes but the last thing I will say I'll leave all of you with a thought Oscar Bradburn (laughs) is averaging 14 yards per carry this season that is all that is all we'll see you guys next time